I can safely say this for most of us. We have had a very long committed relationship with bread. All my life, I loved eating the Indian flat bread chapati. Twice a day, religiously, I ate chapatis for lunch and dinner. With a heaped teaspoon of homemade ghee, poured lovingly by my mother on the freshly made fluffy chapatis. Never ever got bored of this humble wheat chapati. Do you know how long we as humans have had this long relationship with wheat? When I did some research, our relationship with wheat began more than 10,000 years back. Think about this. It almost goes back to as old as Ayurveda. Growing up in India, I was clueless about gluten intolerance. And I think pretty much in the whole world, the gluten intolerance was not very popular. In fact, one of the US studies says that gluten intolerance is four times greater today than just 50 years back. According to the recent article by Allied Market Research, the gluten-free snack industry was estimated at $843.6 million in 2021 and is set to reach $1.8 billion by 2031 globally. Why is our loyalty towards wheat shifting? Why are we in such a hurry to ditch this relationship that stood the time for thousands of years and made us who we are today? Why? What might be the reason? More importantly, what does the scientific wisdom of Ayurveda tell us about wheat and other gluten-free grains? Namaste everyone, this is Akshita. When to be and when not to be gluten-free is the topic of this episode. We will be covering many things today, so please stay tuned for the entire episode. We will learn when to eat and when not to eat gluten-free grains, what season is more beneficial to incorporate gluten-free diet, we will also learn how to assess each dosha to the gluten-free properties and make an informed decision when and when not to be gluten-free. We will learn which dosha suffers the most when one goes gluten-free and why. All throughout the episode, I will be offering proven Ayurveda tips and tricks on how to effectively digest gluten. To understand all this, we need to begin by learning what is wheat from the lens of Ayurveda and also briefly touch on the history and traditions of wheat in the Indian culture. In Ayurveda, 
wheat is called as goduma which comes from the sanskrit language when we google it it gives the loose translation of goduma like go is earth and duma is steam or smoke the real essence of the word goduma means the word go is defined as earth or cow in sanskrit and the last word ma is the mother so godu ma can be translated as earth mother or cow mother both are regarded as the creation of the divine mother in the ancient ayurveda text now let's look at the gunas and properties of wheat this is important to know because this will tell us what wheat does to our body and mind when we ingest it the properties of wheat goduma given in the ayurveda scriptures is its shukapradha meaning it's aphrodisiac in nature it's balya meaning it gives strength to the body vigor to the body it is jivaneya it's very important to know jivaneya means it is life giving it is like a rasayana when it is jivaniya property written in the ayurveda text what it implies is you are supposed to eat this every day of your life it's very nourishing to our all our tissues another unique property of wheat is it is sadhankari meaning the wheat is made up of earth and water elements from our panch mahabhutas so the earth and water element what does it do it forms like an unctuous glue in fact wheat is used in the ayurveda text to unite broken fractures can you believe that but from a subtler realm from a emotional perspective from manomay perspective this unctuous glue that is made from earth and water is used as an adhesive to bind our thoughts and emotions so whenever we are running with a monkey mind wheat helps us to ground our thoughts wheat helps us to strengthen ourselves to give us stability to give us security so sadhankari is an important attribute wheat has which is very highly regarded in ayurveda sara the another property of wheat is sara means it's mildly laxative what it does is it induces regular bowel movement which is very important every day wheat helps to bulk up the stool that's why it induces regular bowel movement every day anila pitta hanta it reduces both vata and pitta dosha so wheat is kind of like a blessing for the vata people and va- pitta people sleshmakara sleshmakara means it has properties that increase kapha especially in india the farmers know this very well the newly harvested wheat increases kapha tremendously while the old variety wheat is almost neutral it doesn't really increase kapha so if you are a kapha dominant person and you love eating wheat you should prefer the older variety than the freshly harvested wheat kernels 
one attribute of wheat which I really, really enjoy is Ruchi Prada. So wheat has a property that increases our taste perception. Maybe that is the reason I have discerning taste thanks to eating wheat chapati almost every day of my life. So it really has the ability to increase the taste perception in our taste buds, which is very important for our digestion. The energetics of wheat is cooling, both the virya and vipaka, and wheat is guru, heavy to digest. Wheat is listed in the sukhadhanya category. Sukhadhanya, again it's a Sanskrit word. Sukha meaning contentment and dhanya means grain. Wheat offers contentment in life. It is very auspicious by nature, providing good luck and prosperity. When you study the history and traditions of India, you will be amazed by myriads of stories on how wheat was not just a food on the plate, but took a prominent role in marriage ceremonies, important spiritual festivals. Many rituals would not begin without first offering wheat kernels to the deity because of its auspicious nature. There is one ceremony performed by the newly married bride when she enters the house of her husband's family for the first time. She is offered to kick over a big brass pot containing wheat kernels with her right foot so that the grain spreads all over the ground indicating she is bringing prosperity and good energy which wheat represents by its innate nature. In my childhood days, once a year during the summer holidays, I would visit my grandparents who lived in a small town in South India. My mother had six siblings, so in total we were 18 kids, all cousins, having a blast and enjoying the simple life this town offered. During our holidays, one sweet dish was mandatory summer treat that was made with lot of love and effort. It took about three to four days to prepare this dish called Godi Hugi in my native language, which is basically a super nutritious porridge-like dessert made with broken wheat. My grandfather was a wealthy businessman, so the wheat berries came freshly harvested from his farm. Fresh milk came from his cowshed, where he had quite a few cows. Ghee was prepared with this fresh milk. The Godi Huggi, the wheat desert, was made with homemade broken wheat. This process was super tedious and the domestic help took great pains to break the wheat kernels the traditional way. The dessert was prepared in a huge bronze stockpot with a very long handmade wooden ladle that was used to constantly stir the broken wheat while cooking. Lot of yummy ingredients went into it. Ghee roasted nuts, poppy seeds, freshly made jaggery, that is unrefined cane sugar, 
and lots of ghee went into the dessert. It took about four to five hours to make it on a slow, wood-fired stove. The end result was just heavenly. The sweet aroma filled the whole house. The taste is so hard to describe. Making it in a traditional bronze container, cooking slowly on a wood-fired stove. You really cannot explain this in words. That taste, you have to experience it. I can just say all the taste buds were elevated at a level that made you completely contented. Trupti is the word used in Ayurveda, which is the ultimate note a dish can take you. Where you feel completely one with the food and also completely satisfied with the food. You feel sattva when you eat this dish, not rajasic and definitely not tamasic. As kids, we were so restless while eating this godi hugi. But after a few minutes, we all miraculously calmed down. And we didn't fight with each other or have any arguments. We all naturally conversed and played with each other in an amicable manner. We just mellowed down in a good way. That is the power of wheat. It secures you in your own being. That trupti feeling of satiety would remain for days and the elders would not have to interfere to stop our fights or tantrums. We were just very good kids, for few days at least. That is the power of the wheat. It can ground you to your inner self and make you contented in your own being. I am just grateful that I can bring back that taste and memories and relive those cherished memories. So I hope you get the idea this dessert was super gourmet, made with farm fresh ingredients, no chemicals, only pure, simple ingredients made with lot of love and attention. We can take any dish we prepare to the ultimate note of satisfaction called as trupti in Ayurveda. The feeling of trupti tells us the dish is synergistically prepared and guarantees optimum digestion and optimum fulfillment after consuming this dish. When a dish you eat takes you to the highest level of satisfaction, it naturally bestows ojas to you, the ultimate elixir in Ayurveda that builds immunity in our body and mind. When a mother or a woman lovingly hugs a baby, oxytocin is naturally secreted. The purity of the baby combined with the love of the mother takes the emotions to the ultimate note of affection and ojas, which is oxytocin, is released. Similarly, when we prepare food with pure love and attention, with the right thoughts to feed yourself and your family, with the right vibrations, we take the dish to the level of trupti. When we reach the highest level of satiety or satisfaction, Ayurveda says 
the dish is optimally digested. We don't have to dissect the food. Does it have carbs, protein? What calories? Does it have gluten? Will it cause allergies? All this vanishes when we reach that ultimate trupti. And that is really the main factor why we have so many digestive issues in today's world. We really don't eat to enjoy and feel the pleasure of trupti. In today's world, I truly believe it is not the milk but the processing of milk that has brought about so much lactose intolerance and allergies with dairy consumption. I also feel it is not the wheat but the processing of the wheat that has changed its original molecular structure of wheat which compromises our gut and today we have so many gut issues to face. I would like to point out here when we take wheat out of our diet we are not just taking the wheat out of our diet. We are taking with it all the gunas, all the attributes that wheat offers to our body and mind. I don't think anyone sees it from this perspective. When we have some issues, maybe it's a celiac disease or all of a sudden you cannot digest wheat anymore, whatever might be the reason, when a person takes the wheat out of the diet, we need to make we need to understand we are also taking out all the gunas the attributes of the wheat the balya quality the strengthening of the body and mind the wheat offers is gone the jivaniya property the life giving property it has the rasayana it is, works like a life tonic a strength giver that goes out with wheat. the unctuous glue that I talked about, which is so important to bind our thoughts and emotions and not keep us in that monkey-minded phase. That gets out when we take wheat out. More important is, wheat balances vata and pitta. Most of us in our life have some issues with vata or pitta or maybe the combination of vata-pitta. Wheat is excellent to ground and balance vata and pitta. If you have issues with regular bowel movement, wheat has that mild laxative. It helps to bulk up the stool. That guna gets out. And my favorite, the ruchi prada, it really refines and regulates our taste buds. The taste perception is so important for optimum digestion. So when we take wheat out of our diet, we are not just taking the wheat out, we are taking with it all the gunas, all the attributes. And when we replace it with any gluten-free grains, we have to make sure all the properties, the gunas of the wheat are still intact to keep us grounded and balanced the way wheat does for us. So keep this thought in the back of your mind is when we go gluten-free, we need to remember that we bring all these gunas of wheat attributes, hopefully in a gluten-free grain. In my own life, when I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism, I started to notice that I was not really digesting my chapatis very well. This happened first time in my life where my favorite chapati was making me 
tired after eating it. I felt lethargic. I just felt like sitting on the couch and do nothing. I could see my digestion weak when I ate wheat. So that's when I decided to take wheat out of my diet. For the listeners who are listening for the first time, I have spoken about this in my previous episodes. But with the grace of my guru and with the wisdom of Ayurveda, I'm very grateful that I was able to successfully regulate my hypothyroidism without any medications or hormones, but just by following a strict Ayurveda lifestyle and practicing yoga. So during this phase, I did take all gluten out, specifically wheat, and went gluten-free. I crafted my own recipes using gluten-free grains, the jowar, which is sorghum flour. I ate a lot of mung beans. I mixed it with quinoa and made flatbread. So I really came up with new recipes. That was a blessing in disguise because I wasn't very big on eating gluten-free grains. But this really forced me to come up with recipes that are um, helpful for my thyroid gland and at the same time they are in accordance to my constitution with this pitta and kapha body constitution. So there is a time when you may have to take gluten out because of some health challenge or you're facing some allergies but I would like to stress this it should not be with the mindset that you're permanently taking gluten out. It should be with the mindset that you will find the root cause why you're not able to digest gluten and fix the root cause and not just take gluten out of your diet. Because Ayurveda says you don't have to withdraw or suppress any food. You have to address the root cause. And my digestive fire had become very weak when I had hypothyroidism. So with Ayurvedic herbs and with the right diet, I slowly stoked the digestive fire. It took me almost 18 months to two years to fully successfully regulate my hypothyroidism. And then after about two years, three months or so, I slowly started bringing gluten back. And then maybe I used to have one chapati, maybe once a week or twice a week. I slowly introduced wheat in my diet, gluten in my diet. And maybe after six months or so, I brought gluten completely back and thanks to my guru again, I can completely digest it now. So yes, you may be suffering from some digestive issues like bloating, gas, or you might have been diagnosed with celiac disease, which is pretty serious. Yes, you have a legit reason to take gluten out. But most of my clients or even my family and friends in India have seen taking gluten out has become a fashion. Just because most of the people in the U.S. are going gluten-free, people feel they should just go gluten-free because they have seen people lose weight, which is excellent. People want to lose weight. They feel energetic and focused. All these benefits you experience, but they don't stay with you for a long time. You cannot go gluten-free just because you want to go gluten-free. If you have a health challenge, address the health challenge or the allergy, during that phase you go gluten-free. But after you fix the root cause, you have to bring gluten back. And I'll tell you why it is important to bring gluten back. 
In part two of this episode, we will cover what season is more beneficial to incorporate gluten-free diet. Can we go gluten-free throughout the year or are there specific seasons that help us to be gluten-free? Ayurveda has answers to this. We will also learn how to assess our dosha to the gluten-free properties and make a decision when and when not to be gluten-free. Taking myself as an example, I'm Pitta Kapha body personality. What does Pitta Kapha personality compare with gluten-free properties? So to know that, I'll be describing to you what are the gluten-free properties just as we learned the gunas of wheat we will learn the gunas and attributes of gluten-free grains in our next episode. We will also learn which dosha suffers the most when one goes gluten-free and why. You may have guessed it might be either pitta, kapha or vata, right? Which dosha suffers the most when it goes gluten-free? So all these topics we will cover in our next episode. And today is a very auspicious day. It is the first day of Diwali. It is called as Danteras in Indian culture. It is also the day of Ayurveda god Danvantri. So I wish everyone listening in India and all the Indian listeners over the world a happy, prosperous Diwali. Until we meet again, Namaste. तेजस्वीनावदितमस्तु मावेद्विश्वावहै ओम शांति शांति शांति